Well, good evening. And welcome to the first Wednesday of our Lenten journey on life in the wilderness. I'm Pastor Justin Smoot, and I would like to extend a warm welcome to you and an invitation to, if you have not already, join us at our other table in the fellowship hall around the soups that are there. They are very delicious, and Genevieve has almost eaten them all, so she saved some for you. You're welcome. Just a few uh, announcements before we continue. We have uh, offering boxes in the back if you had uh, brought an offering, and we thank you for all you bring to the life of Mount uh, Mount St. Andrew. I'm tired. Long day. And so hopefully to get it all right in my head, this Sunday I will be installed here at 8 and 9.30, and I believe they did spring for the extended warranty, so we should be all good for that. And I'd love to see you all out this Sunday, and with a, with a reception afterwards. With that, I invite you to stand as you are able and join in our gathering song, number 319. We continue our prayer on page 328 in the front of the hymnal. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He ascended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Give us the joy of your saving help again, and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Give peace in all the world. Keep the nations under your care, and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy be forgotten. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Lord, hear my prayer. Let us join in the Merton prayer as found printed on your bulletin. Let us pray, my Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I hope that if I do this, you will lead me on the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I, will I trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost in the shadow of death. I will not fear. For you are ever with me. And you will never leave me to face my perilous form. Amen. You may be seated. A reading from Psalm 62. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock. My salvation, my fortress, I shall never be shaken. How long will you assail a person? Will you batter your victim, all of you, as you would a leaning wall, a tottering fence? Their only plan is to bring down a person of prominence. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone my soul waits in silence. For my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor. My mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. 
In the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no confidence in extortion and set no vain hopes on robbery. And if riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God and steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord, for you repay to all according to their work. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from Luke chapter 11. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we ourselves Forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Anthony DeMello is a short story writer that I truly appreciate, and I've shared this story before. It's my favorite. Once the master was at prayer, the disciples came up to him and said, Sir, teach us how to pray. This is how he taught them. Two men were once walking through a field, and they saw an angry bull. Instantly, they made for the nearest fence with the bull in hot pursuit. It soon became evident to them that they were not going to be okay. So one man shouted to the other, We've had it. Nothing can save us. Say a prayer. Quick. The other shouted back, I've never prayed a day in my life, and I don't have a prayer for this occasion. Never mind. The bull is catching up with us. Any prayer will do. Well... I'll say the one that I remember my father used to say before meals. For what we are about to receive, Lord, make us truly grateful. (laughs) When I was a child, our family table prayer was, Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen. (laughs) Thinking about it now, I suppose it's a quite beautiful prayer for lots of different situations. 
Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let these gifts to us be blessed. If you think back to the prayers of your childhood, I'm guessing you might also hear them in a different way later in life, perhaps a bit more profoundly than when you were little. For instance, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Or another one that was set at our table. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Or a personal favorite of mine. Oh, the Lord is good to me. And so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need. The sun and the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. Amen. 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 There's a second verse, but I'll spare you from that. <laughs> for every seed I sow, another tree will grow, and soon will there will be apples there for everyone in the world to share. Anyway, it goes on. <laughs> Those prayers teach us how to pray and show us to lean on God for basic provision. It allows us a chance to thank God for all that God has provided and to ask for help where it is needed. Can you imagine learning how to pray from Jesus himself? That's what happens in the gospel passage I shared tonight. Because it was custom for a rabbi to teach his disciples a simple prayer that they could use again and again and again. And John the Baptist had a prayer for his disciples, and now Jesus' disciples are asking him to do the same. What he gives them is what we know as the Lord's Prayer according to Luke. In this prayer, we see the heart of Jesus, the teacher, the rabbi, who teaches us to call on God, our father, our parent. We don't call out to someone who is not already in relationship to us in an intimate way. We don't call out to someone who gives, uh, out of whom gifts have to be unwillingly extracted. But we call out to a father who delights in supplying his children's needs. And hallowed be his name. In Hebrew, the concept of the name meant so much more than what you would call a person. The name is the whole character of the person, is they're known to us. When we pray, hallowed be thy name, we call out our prayer to the whole character and mind and heart of God, our Father. And after we start in praise, we pray for God to cover all life, past, present, and future, starting with our present need, daily bread. We pray for daily bread, just like the Israelites received daily bread in the wilderness. It was only enough for one day at a time. We learn in the 16th chapter of Exodus that they rely solely on God's provision because if they were to hoard up the leftover manna out of fear that God wouldn't provide it the next day, they would find it the next morning to be rotted in their tents and full of maggots. This was the miracle of the wilderness. The manna was daily provided which meant that each day the people of God had to again renew their trust that God would provide what was needed enough for that day and no more. 
Reinhold Niebuhr picked up on the connection between daily trust in God's provision and daily acceptance of whatever comes in the gift God provides through the words of another well-known prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Daily provision, daily acceptance. And then the prayer that Jesus teaches his followers covers the sins of the past. Every single one of them. Because every single one of us has sins in our past. And every single one of us sins pretty much daily. We get it wrong. And this prayer reminds us that our sin does not have the capacity or the power to keep us from God. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our trespasses where we cross over the line. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And in this prayer, Jesus teaches that The trials that await us in the future don't have the capacity to pull us out of God's care. We cannot escape the temptations that are out there. We cannot escape from life's trials while we live and while we breathe. But we can invite God to be with us in facing them. For what we are about to receive, Lord, make us truly grateful. But Lord, even a knock at the door at midnight from a friend who has a need while I am sleeping and my children are in bed and my doors have been locked. What about that? While teaching about prayer, Jesus doesn't stop at the Lord's Prayer, but he goes on to share a parable about a friend at midnight who is in crisis because he does not have any food for his late night arrivals. Well, sounding perhaps like a really annoying and needing neighbor, a neighbor with poor social skills who's really inconveniencing this guy when he'd rather be sleeping. The scenario at that time and in that place was actually a crisis. It was a time before Super 8s and Holiday Inns, and hospitality was a sacred obligation and was a matter of survival. Jesus teaches that the bread was shared not because the neighbor was a friend or already connected but that the bread was shared because the neighbor was persistent in asking and would not give up when the need was there. And Jesus invites his disciples to pray and to not give up when the need is there. And then we have this beautiful threefold invitation to ask, to search, and to knock. We're invited by Jesus to be persistent as we simply ask and seek and knock. Because you know better than I do or better than anyone else in this room what your heart needs right now. You know that. You have front row seats to that every day. Have you asked God to help you with daily bread for what your heart so needs?
You know what your friends seek better than I do, better than the rest of the people in this room. You know what your family needs. Have you asked on behalf of them for God to reveal what needs to be found or discovered? God invites us to come knocking and to come knocking with persistence for the needs of our hearts, but also the needs of the world, which are many, and to come again and again and again with our truth, with our honesty, asking of God what we need in our heart of hearts. It's what I love about Psalm 62. It's honest. The prayer is honest. And it's spoken from a place of battle and from a place of loneliness and from a place of defeat about the brevity of life. And the psalmist encourages us to trust in God at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge, a mighty rock. While we cannot change the past, And while we cannot change the truth or the reality that we face, and unfortunately we can't change other people, we can surrender our hearts to the rock. And this is what the prayer is, allowing God to be that foundation, that steady place, that place that we can cry out to whether we're soaring high or at our bottom. This is the one who invites you again to ask. To seek and to knock. The one who invites you to pray for what you need from day to day. And that one, that Lord of ours is listening. And all the more, this is the one who from the cross also called out to God in prayer. I would invite you as the snow melts around your homes, and it will melt, to find a rock. And to let that rock be a prayer. And to let that prayer be somewhere you can see it. And remember to persistently pray for what you need in your heart of hearts. And what you know God can hear you say. Whether it's a deep sigh. Or a profound prayer spoken with eloquent words. Or anything in between. To trust that when you see that rock to know that God is hearing you. And God has heard you. And although the answer to that prayer may not come in ways that we understand or on our timeline, that God is still responding in surprising and very real ways. I would also invite you to find another rock, if you can find one, and bring it here and add it to our nookshuk, to leave it at the foot of the cross, to trust that God does provide for our daily bread everything that we need. Not just food, but also life and freedom and forgiveness and renewal. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's join together in singing hymn 808.
We continue on page 330 and 331 in the front of the hymnal. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously protected us today. We ask you to forgive us all our sins, where we have done wrong, and graciously to protect us tonight. Into, the, into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with, with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us join in singing the doxology. Go in peace, serve the Lord.